Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Welcome to Radio 5G, a pre-recorded show airing on April 19, 2023. In the first hour, Dr. Ron Paul gives an overview of the U.S. regulation being considered that some call the Patriot Act 2.0. That four-minute clip sets up an interview on the Man in America podcast show where Todd Callender and Seth Holhouse tackled this attack on freedom and other attacks in a surprising and hopeful way. In the second hour, Mark Joseph will join myself, Nancy Hopkins, to expand on the discussion of hope versus despair. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the weekly report. The Restrict Act restricts more than TikTok. Supporters of expanding the federal police state have found a new boogeyman to scare the people into surrendering their liberty. TikTok is a social media platform that allows users to upload their own videos. It is used by tens of millions of Americans and is one of the most popular websites in the world. TikTok's popularity and the fact that it is owned by a Beijing-based company, ByteDance, has led to the spread of a claim that the site is controlled by the Chinese government. Thus, the claim the Chinese government is using TikTok to collect data on U.S. citizens. Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Mark Warner introduced last month the restricting the emergence of security threats that risk information and communications technology act. The bill is being marketed as a way to protect Americans from foreign governments that use social media to spy on Americans. The Restrict Act makes no mention of TikTok or ByteDance. The Chinese government is mentioned only once in the bill when it is designated as a foreign adversary along with five other governments. What the bill does do is give the Secretary of Commerce power to identify, deter, disrupt, prevent, prohibit, investigate, or otherwise mitigate any risk arising from any covered transaction by any person or with respect to any property that the Secretary of Commerce determines poses an undue or unacceptable risk in a laundry list of areas. Among those areas are coercive or criminal activities by a foreign adversary that are designed to undermine democratic processes and institutions or steer policy and regulatory decisions in favor of the strategic objectives of a foreign adversary to the detriment of the national security of the United States. So the U.S. should shut down an American social media company based on the Secretary of Commerce's determination that a website, while not actually doing anything to weaken America, poses an unacceptable risk that it will. 
The TikTok controversy has taken attention away from the disturbing Twitter files, a release of communication between Twitter employees and governmental agencies. The communication shows how much government influence big tech companies' decisions regarding suppressing stories and deplatforming users. If the Restrict Act becomes the Restrict Law, any site that refuses to cooperate with future efforts by the U.S. government to suppress certain stories and individuals on social media could find itself accused of working to advance the strategic objectives of a foreign adversary. Those who doubt this should consider how people who question U.S. foreign policy are smeared as Russian agents. The Restrict Act's potential victims are sites like Rumble. Rumble is a censorship-free alternative to YouTube. Rumble's commitment to free speech is so strong that it chose to block access to its site in France instead of complying with a new French law banning Russia Today and other Russian news services from French social media. Like the Patriot Act, the Restrict Act plays on people's fears to make them silent while Congress takes away more of their liberty. This bill is a blatant violation of the First Amendment that the founders intended to protect our right to engage in political speech and share political information and opinions with others. We should stop Congress from violating our right to discuss and share ideas on TikTok and elsewhere that challenge the political class. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Man in America. I'm your host, Seth Holhouse. So you've probably seen the information about the Restrict Act going around social media, which people are calling the Patriot Act 2.0, or one of the greatest threats to our freedom that we've seen in our lifetimes. And I have to agree. Now, joining us today, though, is attorney Todd Callender to help us make sense of this Restrict Act and how it will affect us and what it could do. But he also is going to bring this incredible perspective about why he thinks it's actually going to fail and not just the Restrict Act, but the overall evil agenda. So you're going to be really enjoying this conversation I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Uh, before we get started, those folks, make sure you're following me on social media in most places at Man in America and on Twitter at Man in America US. And every show is done as a podcast as well. So if you'd rather listen, just go to your favorite podcast app and search for Man in America and you'll find me there. All right, let's jump into this interview with attorney Todd Callender. So Todd, it is such a pleasure and an honor and just a complete joy to have you back on the show again. I always enjoy our conversations and so does the audience. People, people love whenever you come on. So thank you for, for coming back on the show today. That's re- really kind of you to say. Uh, it's harding. Thanks to you, Seth. I really appreciate you giving me the chance to do it. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, there's, you know, we have the Restrict Act, which is something that, you know, with your background, you know, as an attorney, I think it's going to be really helpful to understand what it is, you know, there's, but there's also just global chaos. You know, we've got the Ukraine situation continuing to heat up, you know, NATO's kind of pressuring, you know, Putin into a war as, as they hope it seems, but bigger than that, I yeah. feel like it's just what's happening with the, with the U S dollar and the de-dollarization and, you know, the, but we also have some people in the United States that are, you know, starting to push forward more about returning to a gold standard, which is interesting. So 
there's a lot of topics to dive into, but how about we start with jumping into this restrict act? Because this is something that I you know, kind of saw people sharing it online. I was like, okay, I, I see restrict act, you know, kind of popping around different social media posts or different videos. But I started seeing people saying, look, look, this is the Patriot Act 2.0. Like this thing strips our yeah. freedoms. And once I started seeing those keywords, I got more concerned, tried to look into it to understand it, but I don't understand legalese stuff very well at all. And that's what initially, you know, sure. said, hey, like, let, me, let me get Todd Callender on because you can help us understand what this is. I, I hope. I, frankly, I think it's a lot of speculation stuff because, you know, as I mentioned to you, what was introduced, uh, Senate Bill 686 is, you know, a couple of paragraphs long. It doesn't say a whole lot. Um, there are some things in there that could kind of, kind of go either way. It's very broadly written and, and seems to focus on a new definition that I haven't seen before. They call it uh, information and communications technology. So with this you know, new definition um, that they will legislate in such a way that um, foreign creators or foreign owners, almost more importantly, there will be some restrictions, some teeth in law, including criminal, uh, if they so choose. But it's so broadly drafted at this point that we really have no idea. Um, there's lots of people out there talking about what they think it should look like as a, I think six or seven countries are supposedly the target. But the problem with broad legislation without a whole lot of, of uh, meat on the bone, so to speak, is it can mean anything. It's open to interpretation. And my concern is it's open to abuse. Um, that's always been the pattern of our government vis-a-vis the Patriot Act, right? That was the, uh, the Trojan horse. Uh, everybody was afraid. Our government has a habit of creating exigent circumstances to create uh, exemptions to the Constitution. And here we sit, Seth, we're, we're two some years later, our Constitution remains suspended. So, you know, what, what does this mean now? Some, some new legislation without definition. It's, it's concerning to me. And so this initially was really kind of presented as being the, the TikTok bill, right? It was something that they wanted to, yeah. to use to limit TikTok, which I, I, you know, I, I think TikTok is a giant Trojan horse for the CCP to collect our data and influence our children sure. and you know, who, who knows what else. Um, not to mention who knows what kind of spyware is on there. So if you have it installed on your phone, who knows what the CCP has access to. But so that was initially what I saw. Assume everything. Exactly. Sorry, yeah. And it, all of the apps, not just TikTok. Okay. Oh, anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so what about this, what about this particular bill or whatever it is that they're, they're putting forward this restrict act? What about it is so alarming that some people are saying that this is the Patriot Act 2.0. Like for someone like me who right. I live in America, I have a show where I'm communicating, right? And I'm, you know, a lot of times I'm communicating and questioning the narrative of the, you know, of, of the Orwellian government. I don't go along with what they say. And so you could say that I, I could be a state, you know, an enemy of the state from their perspective. So what would this do? Like how would that affect a person like me or yeah. a, a neighbor that's on Facebook sharing information that they think is, is important, for instance? So that, that's exactly where the issue resides. How does one describe, how does one define what is information and communications technology? Does that include the words themselves or is that just the platform? And because there isn't much of a definition, you have to assume it's going to be the broadest possible application. Some people involved with this legislation are saying um, they're concerned about the exemptions under Section 230 for platforms. 
And this is their idea on how it is they can censor free speech. And, and based on what I see, that means criminally as well as civilly, given that our, our last president is being um, persecuted in court right now, we don't have to wonder what their malintent is. You know, they demonstrated. So the propensity for abuse is what's concerning. Having said that, um, it strikes me as very odd, given our government's move towards globalism over the last couple of decades, that you now see this renewed interest and vigor in protecting national security, or at least that's the pretext, where um, it, it seems as though if you had an American-made um, platform, American opinions on that platform, that it would be exempt from the reach of this act because it specifically states foreign-made and foreign-owned. And it actually states in here, including the securities. So if you had you know, foreign-issued um, securities, uh, something on the Hong Kong exchange, but it was U.S. technology, it would still be captured. So very expansive, and it makes you wonder how many components in all of this technology come from wherever, China, um, Singapore, who knows, Russia, Cuba, Iran, doesn't matter. I think it's all encompassing. And so this is really a, a way to control the information itself as much as the means of communicating. Do you think that with where it's at right now, once it gets you know kind of pushed through the judicial system, that it has a chance of actually being implemented? Or do you think that it's, you know, a lot yeah. of times, oh, so you do think that there's a good chance this could get pushed through? I, I do, because there seems to be a unified approach to this in the House, the Senate, and even the administration all want this. And it, I don't think it's about TikTok at all. That's a, a great excuse. What this is about is controlling the narrative, because people, thanks to you, frankly, Seth, and, and others like you, now understand what the truth is. And through these very platforms, right, people are finally figuring it out. They're turning off their TVs. Um, and now they're taking the time to understand what the truth is, which is very different from what it, the programming says. And I think at the end of the day, this is designed to shut us up, to stop exactly what it is you and I are doing right now. Which is not good. All right. That's the, uh, no, it's the, not good. It's the, the, the precursor to, you know, I mean, communist China, Soviet Russia, the, the, the silence that's of, right. of the dissident voices. And so, I mean, so, so do you think that, I guess, well, what's the timeline of this? Because like, I, I don't really know, like, I know the basic legal process that these things go through to, you know, in the, in the yeah. judiciary process. So where are we at with this? What can we do to fight back against this? Yeah, well, okay. So first and foremost, given the broad-based support between both the Senate and the House, it looks to me like this is going to go pretty quick. Uh, everybody's on board. They're going to put in whatever their extra pork belly is and God knows what else. It's, I can tell you this, the law when they finish isn't going to be, you know, one page. It's going to be voluminous because like the Patriot Act, um, think tanks have already done all the legislation, right? They've already written this up and they just wait for the right moment in time. And then here it is. You look at the Patriot Act. It was thousands of pages long. It was introduced a couple of days after 9-11 because it had been sitting on the shelf for years. I can assure you this has also been sitting on the shelf for years. So when, when they get the, uh, the opinion of the important people, decision makers in both houses to get on board, it's going to happen. And, and everything else with it will go because um, they've already made the, the process easy. 
Um, and, the, and I guess the second part of your question is what what is the the impact of that? How quickly would it get implemented um, as fast as they can get it? I, you know, within six months or a year, I would assume, because they're losing the narrative. They have to get this through. They got to shut you up. They got to shut me and everybody else up. That's you know showing people what is actually the truth, what is really happening. By way of example, I saw from one of our, our friends, a, a retired general officer who's leading the way on, on a lot of these things. Um, for the first time, I, I'm seeing a call for a ceasefire in Ukraine and Russia based on the truth, the real narrative, which is um, that NATO has been pushing Russia into this exchange, hopefully a nuclear exchange in their world. Um, for a long time, and that this is actually a Russian territory with Russia doing a police action uh, more than anything. Uh, and, and so to see leadership, um, well-known leadership coming out and finally saying this is the truth, that's what's driving this Restrict Act. It's right in the name, right? They want to restrict you and me and others, like the good general, from, from being able to, to raise an army. You know, and, and in this particular case, I think the army is actually the whole of mankind. I agree with that. And so just as an example, right? So one of the things that I've talked a lot about, for instance, is the vaccine. Now, obviously, the government, yeah. if you look at their coordination, their control over Twitter, which we've now seen exposed through the Twitter files, that yep. they have a very strong interest in controlling the narrative about the vaccine and censoring any voices that question the vaccine. But we can see now that it's really hitting critical mass of a lot of people really questioning it. They're losing, as you mentioned, they're losing control of the narrative. So let's just say that they pass this, uh, this, this act. And I bring on, you know, Dr. Peter McCullough, for instance, and he says, yeah, according to our data, we're seeing a 600,000% increase in myocarditis since the vaccines come out. And, we put that video up on Rumble and obviously not YouTube, the different platforms. What control would, and I know it's, it's still, it's kind of murky at this point, but what control would you expect this act would give them at that point? And how do you think they would respond if I was deemed to be someone that was a target? Well, they'll shoot first and ask questions later. Undoubtedly. Um, you know, when a a law is so broad and not narrowly defined, the scope is enormous. Um, all they need is a pretext. And so there will have to be, according to the way this is written, some foreign influence, whether that's, um, you know, the technology itself or, or you, did you have somebody, you know, invest in your company from outside the United States? Um, it's, it's really a interesting paradigm because we are all so interconnected in this world now. And in terms of, you know, censorship and shutting you down, it's already happening. I know for a fact, uh, I personally have been shadow banned on, on rumble. So they're hitting all of them. It's not just YouTube anymore. I understand the same goes for BitChute. The, they are so worried about this paradigm, uh, that the truth is actually getting out, that it's by hook or by crook that they will shut us up. And and how how would that you know, manifest? Would it just be that some some guys in, in in black suits show up at the door one day? Or I mean, <laughs> yes. So this is the 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 uh, jurisdiction is granted to the U.S. Department of Commerce. 
And so that doesn't sound, you know, that scary um, to, to begin with, but I will have you know, because I actually worked for the Department of Commerce and Law School, they have law enforcement powers. And what's fascinating about Commerce Department, their law enforcement, is they have extraterritorial application of U.S. law through something called IEPA, the International Economic Emergency Powers Act, which is in effect right now. So effectively, um, the U.S. Department of Commerce, if they had a criminal case, they could pursue it and they could actually do a civil asset forfeiture proceeding extraterritorially. They could go and take the the assets of a foreign company for violating U.S. law in in practical matters. Um, So they won't waste any time on it. Um, They're a law enforcement agency just like the uh, the FBI is. Um, And, you know, they'll do it, undoubtedly. How can we, and do we have any power to stop this? I mean, is there anything that, that we yeah, can, we can right. do collectively to, to I mean, because I, you know, I watched, as an example, I watched an yeah. interview with, uh, I think it was Lindsey Graham was on Jesse Waters recently. And Jesse Waters, I'm not sure if you saw it, but he was like saying, this is, this, I think he called it garbage. But he said, this is, this Restrict Act is going to be, Patriot Act 2.0, it's going to demolish our That's freedoms. Right. And, and he goes, and I think that Lindsey Graham was not, not one of the sponsors, but he was one of the people that was involved with it. And yeah. he was like, what do you think about this, Lindsey Graham? And Lindsey Graham was like, he had no idea what was going on. And he was like, he, oh, he, he was like, oh, I, I don't really know. I'll have to take a look at it. I didn't know it was that That's bad. Right. It sounds pretty bad. So is this something that, I mean, look, we know that the, 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 the dark forces, they Trojan horse as much as possible. Right. So I mean, if, if people across the nation start contacting their representatives and saying, look, this is what this is, is there power in that? Yeah, there is educating because what you said is exactly right. They're all like that, by the way, you know, people have this concept that the U S legislature, you know, has staff in there drafting out all these, these laws. That's not how it works. There are think tanks full of lawyers that do nothing but draft legislation, and then they give it to the senator or the the congressman along with a couple of dollars to get it passed. That's how our system really works. So it's no surprise at all that Lindsey Graham didn't know what was in the bill. All he knows is he's getting paid. And frankly, that's all that matters to him. So I think you're absolutely right. If they are... uh, the people in positions of power, the decision makers in our government become aware of what this really is. And if they can come to understand that this affects them too, because it does and it will, right? How many of them are foreign owned? For example, how many of them are using foreign technology? Um, I can assure you it's most all of them. So the answer is this will, this will equally apply to them too. And if I was a special agent in the department of commerce, that's where I'd be looking for a criminal prosecution. (laughs) So, if we can educate them how dangerous this is to have something so broadly drafted um, with no clear intents, what what exactly is this about? And um, yeah, call and and really most importantly, Seth, no more. Americans have to stand. In fact, everybody in all over the world have to stand to your government and say no more. You you no longer have my consent to be governed. And when we demonstrate that to them then they have to pay attention. And I, I see the state national movement in the United States is now more than 25 million people who have turned in their ticket and said, I am not going to pay tax anymore. Um, I am no longer uh, a piece of collateral of the Federal Reserve. So when, when there's 50 million people doing that, um, our government's going to take notice. Yeah, I mean, even I heard you mention recently, I think it was on an interview with SGT, where you mentioned that figure 25 million. And 
because I had interviewed uh, Ann Vandersteel probably almost a year yep. ago about the, the state national movement. And, and, and but the, to hear you say is, you know, I mean, 25 million, that's approaching 10% of the population. Like that's a, that's a significant number. And it's growing a million a month. Wow. That's how fed up Americans are. We're not taking it anymore. And God love them. You know, I know Anna Counter is a friend and she is leading the way with a whole lot of other people. You know, it's not about the money. It's about the principles. They want our country back. They want our republic back. Um, and I think we can do that. And I think part of that process, maybe the most important thing, is going to the law enforcement guys I just made reference to, whether they're in the Department of Commerce or anywhere else. They need to understand what's happening. We have to educate them first. Uh, and then along with that comes the, uh, the, the people who theoretically make decisions, the ones who are paid to say yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, so I, I want to just take some time now to take a, take a step back and look at the bigger picture. This is what I appreciate with talking to you, is that you're not just an attorney. You've got such a, a wide range of topics that you have knowledge on, but that you also can, can kind of piece together Thank and you. string together to help us figure out where we're at. Because what I'm seeing is that, Obviously, we, we've you know Trump was just indicted, which shows it's it's, it's expected almost knowing the people that are in charge. But it's a complete yeah. abuse. I mean, this is you know Stalin had his, his political opponents arrested. You know, this is something that you would only see that's in a right. country that's really on the edge of totalitarian control. But you know, simultaneously, what you have happening is something I've been focusing a lot on is countries around the world dumping the U.S. dollar. They're now saying right. that, you know, the biggest being Saudi Arabia, you know, which is really un undoing the Bretton Woods agreement, which, you know, for right. a lot of people that I've talked to and in my own opinion as well, like we're ne I believe that we're nearing the end of the Federal Reserve note that they call the U.S. Yes. dollar. Right. And that's right. When that ends, this isn't like Venezuela's currency collapsing, which probably affects Venezuela and a few kind of neighboring countries. You were saying, what about the, will it be the currency collapse like Venezuela? Well, yeah. Um, so that's the answer is, yeah, it saying will be. Is that, well, because it it's like, you have Venezuela, like but that. Venezuela was just Venezuela. I mean, you've got countries all over the world that are yeah. really kind of, they're holding so much U.S. dollar because yeah. the, the Venezuelan currency, just like the Weimar Republic or Zimbabwe, those weren't the world reserve currencies. Like we're that's looking right. at the collapse of a world reserve currency. So, I mean, is this something that you're, focusing on or what are you what are your oh, thoughts God, about yes. this God, boy yes absolutely yes you know and um i've lived through in in my life in my international life the destruction of four different currencies and their corresponding economies i've seen it firsthand including the bolivar in, um, in venezuela it used to be a market that i worked a lot in obviously i spent time in cuba and uh in poland i saw the zwati uh, where they had to chop off three zeros at the end, and including um, Congo. So the Congolese Zaire also um, fade away. So this is not new to me. And the answer is yes. Um, for many months now, we have been trading out those little pieces of paper right, that we call cash. Those are actually negotiable instruments. And while we are able to get something in return for them, we've been trading them out for hard assets, which translates into precious metals and real estate. Um, as long as the somebody's willing to accept this medium of exchange, then then that's great. 
The, the problem is that you have Janet Yellen and other members of the FDIC. They're on hot mics and actually talking about it openly, as is Jamie Dimon, that, that they are anticipating a default on the interest payment to the Federal Reserve. So when that happens, what happens to the value of these negotiable debt instruments in our pocket? And the answer is they go down by how much we don't know. What I will say, again, living outside the United States, um, doing business outside the United States for 30 years, that you know, there are two types of dollars that float around outside the United States. The euro dollar, which is really transactional, when we write contracts, we denominate them in U.S. dollars, they're called euro dollars. There's also the petrodollar, right, which the, at the end of the day, the U.S. currency was supported by the value of oil. Um, because all nations traded oil in, in dollars. So that was the petrodollar. That is gone. Both of those are gone. Right now, we're seeing contracts denominated in a variety of currencies, including Swiss francs. I haven't seen any in Juan lately, but I understand that they're happening. And the IMF has recently moved to something they call monetary gold. It used to be um, that they, they were trying to bring in this one-world government and a one-world currency called the crypto SDR, the SDR Special Drawing Rights. That's the currency of the IMF, and it was a basket of currencies is how they, they arrived at it, um, including yen and ruble and everything else you can imagine. And now they're moving away from that, trading their paper notes for gold. When they make loans to countries, they're requiring 15% of those loans to be repaid in physical gold. So the whole world is moving to the gold standard. And now a couple of days ago, you see in our government finally you know, waking up and smelling the coffee, hey, we should probably tie the dollar to, the, to gold. Well, probably you should have never undone it. Um, so we're, we're there. Seth, the only question now is how bad will it go for the US dollar? And my concern is this. The day is here. And the reason for that is JP Morgan has a bunch of shorts. In fact, I think it's most in the world against the, the uh, gold. So the spot price on gold. As gold increases in value, they uh, would be put into something called a short squeeze. That means that they're going to have to go out and buy expensive gold to replace cheaper um, uh, options. The, the sad part about it is JP Morgan used to have reserves, physical gold reserves, that they could meet those shorts, and somebody stole them and replaced them with rocks. JP Morgan is a systemic bank. It's one of three systemic banks in the United States. When that one has that kind of contagion, it's in fact insolvent. Um, that will spread to every other systemic bank, Goldman Sachs, Citi, you name them, uh, Bank of America, they're all there. It will have that effect on the entire system. So there really isn't any going back at this point. Um, gold hit 230 uh, yesterday, if memory serves. It's, it's on the way up, and every time that does, the, the precipice you know, it gets closer. It's only a question of how bad it's going to be. And, I mean, looking at, say, Weimar Republic, for instance, you know, once a currency starts spiraling out of control, then you have people trying to get out of currency as quickly as possible, which then spirals yeah. it further out of control. And that's one of my that's concerns right. globally. And I know there's people like Steve Quayle or Mike Adams have talked about Operation Sandman, right? Which is the idea that all of these countries, you know, over a hundred countries already have this agreement that they'll all dump their dollars at the same time. Right. Because yeah, they um, haven't done that though. They haven't yet. They haven't yet. But like, if that, if that were to happen, they're, they're exiting all of their positions and they have been for more than a year, right? It's, it's, so it's interesting that they don't have an interest in destroying the U.S. that way. 
I, I think the U.S. is on its own self-destruction path. But the answer is you look at, at the, the buying and selling of the Chinese in particular, they've been dumping their treasuries for a while now. Everybody has. They've all moved. Look at Russia. They moved to 5,000 rubles to a gram of gold already. What happened? The strength of the ruble went up, and now everybody wants to do business with Russia. Um, so th- I think that that's all working itself out in terms of exchanging, you know, the various uh, T bills and whatever to to other things. I don't think it's going to be all at once. And and there's one other mitigating factor to that, and that is if you look at the world securities markets, the U.S. has the biggest exchanges in the world. Most all the companies that are you know Fortune 50s or even Fortune 1000 companies, those are U.S. listed companies. Um, and they are denominated, their base currency, they're valued in U.S. dollars. That's not going to unwind overnight. The big multinationals have the ability to change their base currency to, the, to other places where they have operations. But there's a whole lot of U.S. companies that cannot do that. So this can't, this can't unwind that easily. And I think that's why you'll, you'll have to see this is a little bit more of a, a gentle decline than, than the cliff. And so like what you mentioned before, how you're moving your kind of your dollars into hard assets. Is that, I mean, is that kind of how you see the, the, the bridge to whatever comes next, whether it's a, a BRICS currency, whatever it is that it's like, it's almost like you have these assets and we're used to, it's funny because we're used to measuring our assets in dollars, right? Like, well, I've got a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Well, it's like, what does that mean? Maybe that's 10 acres of land in this region. Maybe that's, um, you know, what is it? However many ounces of gold, right? So you're looking at it and saying that, uh, you know, moving that asset into something like say gold or land or real estate, um, will then kind of pull it out of the, whatever the trajectory is of the, of the actual dollar as a federal reserve note. Right. I think that's right. And, and I think there are other um, safe havens as well. This base currency issue is, is a big one for all of these companies um, because it's not easy just to change your base currency. What would you change it to? Right? If, if the U.S. dollar collapses and you made reference to this, what would you denominate? You know, what won? My sense is that boils down to an analysis of banking practices. And um, we've been looking at Canada pretty carefully because they have really good banking practices. They didn't uh, violate you know, their form of Glass-Steagall banks do banking. Brokerage houses do brokerage. Um, and, and that's where everything really went wrong in the U.S. economy is when banks became broker dealers and, and speculated proprietarily. My point in saying all this is that there are flight currencies. People will find a way. They always do, whether it's gold or whatever. They'll find a way to exchange um, goods and services through a, an agreed medium. My real concern about this is the intentions of our government. When you hear Janet Yellen openly talking about uh, defaulting on the treasury, or I'm sorry, defaulting on the interest payments to the Fed, they have the central bank digital currency called the Fed coin. It's sitting right there, ready to launch any moment. And I fear that that's what they'll do when they talk about you know, tying things to gold. That's a bunch of lip service. What they really want to do is force everybody into programmable currency. And as long as there is competition, we're golden because people will find a way. They'll buy whatever it is they need to buy not to have central bank digital currency, and they'll exchange them. Uh, And I'm very, very plussed about that because I see a lot of people that have figured this out. And they've been they've been preparing for this for a long time. I mean, Americans, a couple, three years, they've been ready for this. So, and that's, that's encouraging. That's also my perspective as well. And, and a lot of folks I've talked to have brought the same 
perspective in saying that, you know, say they roll out this central bank digital currency. Yes, a lot of the population is just going to say, okay, you know, uh, sure. Um, you know, so will my EBT card still, you know, work? It's like, oh yeah, you're, yeah. Us- you're using your digital tokens instead of your, your dollar amount. But I also, I, I think there's a lot of people and we're seeing it. Like, I think even with looking at the vaccine uptake, where I think that you were saying that you think it's less than 40%, you know, they're lying yes. and saying it's, it's above that, that um, going back to the original thing you're talking about, they're losing control of the narrative. Yeah. And that's the greatest that's right. threat, right? Because this is fifth generation warfare. It's, it's warfare. It's uh, of information of psychological operations, and like us doing this right now, this is the equivalent of you know, say, two hundred years ago, you and I saying, you know what, hey, hey, Todd, hey, Seth, let's get a gun and go fight. You know, let, let's go, let's go defend our families. Yeah, this, <laughs> I'm really like this is that's what's what this is, right? Yeah. So yeah. you can see how that's the concern because, and this is why I've been really kind of pounding on the whole idea of central bank digital currency is that. I want more people to be aware of it and more people to be thinking, yes. what are the steps I can do to avoid being stuck in that trap where one day you wake up and they say, your accounts with JP Morgan are now frozen. The dollar, we had, we had to put a pause to, to trading on the stock market because the dollar is you know, free falling and we're going to convert all of your assets into this kind of digital token that we have full control over. And to me, that's the, like, we have to avoid that at all costs. Yes. Yes, we do. You're absolutely right about that. Um, and, and I think that we're making really good progress in that in that field. You know, it's funny that the uh, the Treasury was taking out something like a half a trillion dollars of cash each week out over the last month or so. Um, and now what you're seeing is in ATMs, um, old bills. I mean, it may seem strange and, and, and not particularly important, but what it, what it does show you is there's mattress money. And I've seen this I mean, firsthand, funny enough, when I was in Poland, the, the uh, Russians had just left. Um, I was part of a law firm launching the Polish Stock Exchange. And that year, it went 1,800% the very first year. Why? Because mattress money came out. People had coins and they had gold and they had currencies from all over the world. And the banks were willing to accept them. And well, guess what? Or the brokerage houses accepted them. Everybody got liquid. Everybody made money. And I see that as a possibility here, too. I see this as a possible revival because, you know what? People are smarter than we give them credit for. They, they are more prepared than the government gives them credit for. And these dire predictions and the you know, sky is falling in thing. Everybody I heard that with COVID. They were lied to. Right. So our officials, as they call them, have lost their credibility. And I, th- I think that's wonderful. And, and, and again, thanks in no small part to yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a, a little bit of a thorn in their side, but that's probably a good thing. I, I, I want to be a thorn in the side that's of Satan. Right. right? Um, so right. so so what I'm the energy I get from you is not one of being fearful and stressed. And it's actually one of that's right. We're going to get through this. And so. You know, but when I look when I look at what's happening and I see you know, the, what's happening with the dollar, and I see the you know the, the Klaus Schwab and the CCP and all these different things kind of sitting there waiting, but then also looking at the Fed coin, the Fed now system, and all this that's being ready yeah. to roll out. So I I believe that they will attempt to carry out they these will. plans, right? So, but but you they seem will. pretty confident though that they will fail in the yes. attempt, right? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain of it. And then the reason for that is you look at what happened with uh, the military and the COVID mandate, 400,000 people said, no, we're not going with the program. And that's what stopped the whole DOD vax thing. So, you know, there was a lot of us sued and, and that was fine. But what really stopped it was everybody saying, no, take a hike. And I think that that's exactly what you are going to see again. When they, when they unleashed their new Marburg bug, Right. Because that's what they're seeming to be doing now. And we know they spent the Marburg money already from the PrEP Act. Um, people are less afraid now. They know that there are drugs that can treat this. They're not they're not quaking anymore. They're not going to be so easily fooled again. And I think people will find, as it relates to our economy, except mutually agreeable mediums of exchange and, and things will happen. And this is really an opportunity, Seth. This is the way I see it. This is an opportunity for us all to say, okay, no more. We're taking the Republic back. All of you idiots that got us here in the first place, um, you know, there's a there's a, a jail over there you can wait in until we get around to trying you and we take back our country. And I mean that in a lot of ways, not just the United States of America. It's really got to be contagious. And we're seeing it little by little if you look at what's happening in France and other countries. The Kazakhs already did it. Um, I think this is humanity um, uniting, and I think this is humanity arising. And it just needs this little uh, straw on the proverbial camel's back. So it's almost like you know the, the elites, and this goes back to the art of war, right? When your weak look strong, when your strong look weak, it when you watch a, as a video of say Klaus Schwab and these characters, you know, it feels like oh my gosh, like it, it can be overwhelming. You know, it feels like the, you have these evil Bond yeah. characters. They've got this intricate plan, yeah, and, right. and the more, especially people that, that just woke up, you know, from maybe from COVID. The more they dig into it, it's like, oh my gosh, there's the bloodlines. And this goes back to the, the Kazarians. Right. It goes back, you know, hundreds of years or thousands of years. And it's overwhelming. And you feel like we're doomed. But actually, like, and this is what's so refreshing with, you know, speaking with you is that, that yes, potentially, right? They, they've got these intricate plans. But was Trump getting in in 2016 part of their plan? No. Was, no. you know, media companies like the Epoch Times, which is now, I think, eclipsing the New York times in their size and reach sure that's not controlled by the deep state. Was that part of their plan? No. Right. Was the, the, the people like right. yourself or me or, you know, Sean with SGT report, people that are using their digital systems to get the truth out, right. That using their weapons against them. Did they plan for that? They, they probably thought they'd have a lot more control. So, so basically yes. your, your sense is that we're witnessing that we're at the end days of the, demonic corrupt cabal we're not at the That's end right. days of human humankind we're at the end days of this the ruling of this evil that's on that's right. earth that's been in charge for a long time they didn't get us the first time they needed a 75 percent uptake on those shots and they got nowhere near that so they've they've shot their bullets um and now um they're desperate uh, they have to finish the job of the genocide and they will not be able to do that and you can see um, mutually exclusive things. So you can't have a one world government if there's another government saying, no, I'm not going along with the program. So isn't that exactly what Russia did? No, we're, we're not going to be a part. And they created competition. You know, the best part about, about Earth, about life, about humanity is competition because it brings us a better result. Right. If that's in the animal kingdom, plant kingdom or, or humans. 
every time there's an off opportunity to compete, the best result wins. And that's what I'm saying to you is there's way too many options out there and people will figure it out. I mean, it's really, it's encouraging. The other thing too is that I read recently, it was, it was an article, I forget where it was at, someone's Substack. And, but it was an article about prepping. And they were saying that the good news is that if your soul is even doing a little bit of prepping, you're going to get through this, right? It's basically like if right. you've done any small amount of prepping, you will survive. And, you know, uh, though I think there's a much more bigger, more broader, say, you know, divine plan for these things, because it's like, well, I know the yes. elites are the ones that have bunkers all over and they've got, you know, you know, a thousand years worth of food set aside, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I'm I think boring. that the people that are watching this, the people that have families that are listening, it's, we see what's coming. And actually there's more and more people That's that right. do. Like even you've got, you know, like people like Tucker Carlson talking about a lot of these issues on, on mainstream media, they can't hide it anymore. And there's this, there really is this mass awakening of people that are taking the you steps. You said it. They can't hide it anymore. I mean, do you really think Fox News likes to have Tucker talking about this? They don't have a choice. They're getting bypassed. You said it yourself, Epoch Times, they're rolling, man. So they their choice is to either take some of this content and try and attract some viewers back or put into the dustbin of history. They have no choice. We're winning this information war. Um, hands down, by the way, and the best thing, Seth, out of all of it, I really mean this sincerely, is seeing people find their relationship with God, people finding their spirituality, finding what is good and right inside of them um, is just a refreshing thing. And I'm just so happy to see it. And I see it all around me. Yeah. And that's that's also an amazing part of this. Actually, just recently, J.P. Sears put out a, a video that went really viral about because you know, he was much more into a lot of the new age stuff and that basically through this whole process, he found God and you're seeing that there, that's true. There's so many people. Yeah. It's like when they say that, you know, there's no atheists in foxholes. Right. And I think that right. when we live a really comfortable life and nothing's bothered and you feel like you're going to live forever and you'll be healthy forever, you know, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people, it's easy to not think about the afterlife, not think about Good what point. happens when you die. But I, I think that part of it is the, you know, the, the kind of reality and the fragility of life that came about through experiencing COVID and the pandemic and even people thinking they're going to die if they, if they contract this. So they're washing their hands every three minutes. And, you know, that I think will help bring people to that place. And yeah, you're seeing this, you, you are seeing a revival. You're seeing a lot of people that are finding God, but, but not just finding God, but they're finding morality again. They're, they're saying, yeah, hey, I don't want right. to go along with this. Like, I don't want to, be part of what Hollywood or the music industry want me to be part of. Like, I want to get back to, I want to have more kids and strengthen my relationship with my wife and build my community and yeah. move out of the big liberal city and get a little bit of farmland and raise some chickens. And you're seeing that, that what's happening is almost as if they're trying to crush us with this really satanic communist globalism and they're trying yes. to crush national yes. sovereignty and everything. But what's happening is that, in that process, they're weakening, they're crumbling, but what's rising up is the inverse of that. What's rising up is local economy, yes. sovereignty, people, you know, kind of you know, getting back to their tribes again. It, it, it's an amazing thing to be part of, isn't it? It really is. It's a, what a wonderful time to be alive. You know, six months, maybe a year ago, I really didn't think we were going to survive this. I, I had very serious doubts because there were so many modalities of death that have been created. 
whether that's optogenetics, the, the shots, 5G, fine, nuclear exchange with lighting here, you know, it's not working. Something has really changed, Seth. And, and just what you said, there's some morality coming back. People are finding a moral compass, and I think that's actually the key to the whole thing. And you know the best part about it is when you believe in a higher power, you don't fear death. You, right? you don't fear living life. You live it to its fullest. You don't have to worry about it. Your soul is safe. Um, and it's a wonderful way to live. And that's really what I'm seeing. People smiling and people not being afraid all the time. That's just a beautiful thing. And so, and I, gosh, I couldn't agree more with that. And that's, that's, where I, that's what allows me to rest peacefully at night. Right, regardless of yeah. what kind of target I've got on. That's right. And so you know, going back to the the discussion about the Restrict Act, how do you think that fits into all this? Because you can see that, yes, there's this massive inertia of good. And so do you think that is just another last ditch effort to control what they can't control yes. anymore? So do you think that even if they yeah. put it in place, they're not going to be able to really enact it? They are invalidating themselves. Um, you know, and I, I shared with you a legal uh, action that we're going to bring um, that will demonstrate that, that their authority is invalid to begin with. Um, and all they're doing is proving the point when you put out a one page bill that says nothing and that's going to be law. You know, what kind of credibility does that establish? Right. And, and nobody agreed to it anyway. Let's rush it through. So it's like everything else. We've been living under uh, effectively presidential fiat for the last couple of years, um, thanks to the declaration of national emergency in, in 2020, our rights have been suspended and people are tired of that. They know that their rights are suspended. They know that they're always on uh, you know, shaky ground or, or, or thin ice when it relates to the government. They see their president who they voted for or even didn't vote for being prosecuted for nothing. All these people in power doing is proving our point and validating themselves. They, they cannot put this genie back in the bottle. It's too late. I, I, I agree. And so I was at a, a gun store recently. I was talking to the owner of the you know, local store I go to. And I was asking you, how's business been? And she's like, through the roof. <laughs> she was just like, <laughs> like and, and really, I mean, <laughs> since COVID, it was, there's been ups and downs, obviously. But they're yeah. seeing so many first-time gun owners come in. They're just, their business is just going incredible. You know, ammunition sales are through the roof. And you know, a lot of people, I think, and again, it's not about, you know, you know be, becoming violent. I think it's about people no, learning, not. like, this is what the Second Amendment is about. Like, look at, you know, look at, go watch some old documentaries on, you know, the, the, the brown shirts or the red guards or, you know, what, right. you know the, the, the Bolshevik revolution. Go look at, like, what would have happened. It's like what Solzhenitsyn said. That's right. If, if they would have stood there at the doorway with a fire poker, you know, if even they did yeah. that, they could have potentially stopped. Even the, that. You know what I mean? And so you think about that. And I think that the elites even know that. this. I think that they're, they're freaking out because they they've do. been trying to take our guns away for decades, but they yes, have, it's, they it's, have. This, it's this beautiful brilliance that I think is divinely inspired of our constitution, the declaration of independence that they can't, yes. they can't defeat it. They're trying and they're trying and they're trying, but they can't, it's a nut that they, they cannot crack. It's a, a no-go. Yeah, you're right. And you know, I think it may be that that small act of owning a firearm gives people a level of independence and self-sufficiency that they didn't have before. You, know, you see people go into the Burger King drive-through, um, their order is wrong. What do they do? Call 911? 
for <laughs> come and arrest this person for the wrong burger. But that actually happens. And when you see society going away from that, that's dependence going to no, I'll, I'll defend myself. I don't need the burger cops to come today. Um, that's a big move in the right direction. And I think you're absolutely right. And, and of course, our nation was founded that way. Thanks to the foresight of our forefathers. Um, I pray that, that that comes back in style in other countries. And I've heard as such, um, Bolsonaro did it briefly in Brazil and tried to uh, rearm his, his populace because a, an armed society is a polite society. You don't get to abuse them so easily. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm certainly grateful for it. I'm happy to hear that. Anytime I hear about people going and getting their own guns, it makes me very pleased. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Me too. And so, you know, for the folks that are watching, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I guess I'll make a comment because as you know, before we got into this conversation, I was, I was researching the prep act and I'm thinking, okay, there's all this stuff going on. That's pretty negative. And yeah. I'm thinking, okay, maybe yeah. this is, this is going to be a little more of a serious conversation with Todd. And we're going to be digging into the threat to our sovereignty and the threats to our freedoms. And somehow yet on the other side of this, I'm like excited as ever for the future. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to win this. They're not going to stop. And I had this yeah. renewed energy to just keep, to keep going with what we're doing, keep fighting the good fight. Not cool. You know, it just, it's, it's That's beautiful right. what can come out of these conversations. Yeah, it really is. And you bring that out too. So you really do. You've got this wonderful spirit shines through. It, it, it breeds that whole air of, of hope, actually. Hope springs eternal, doesn't it? So I, I appreciate it very much. And um, yeah, you know what? I I think we're always going to be running into these same kinds of people. They're always going to be you know, hitting you in one way or another. Um, and, and that's okay. We just have to get better at dealing with it. And the most important thing is uh, not to be afraid. We'll handle this, right? We're going to do it. We're, we're humans. God built us this way. Yeah. And so for the folks that are watching or listening and that are, you know, concerned about, you know, their savings, their house, their children, the future, food, whatever, what would your advice be to them? Like, what would you say to, to help them kind of calm down and, and take some rational steps to protecting themselves? Yeah, well, like I said to you, um, we've been using those little pieces of paper to buy anything that has actual value. Uh, and I think that's worth doing if that's real estate, uh, maybe it's precious metals, maybe it's food, as you indicated, I think ammunition and guns go a long way too. anything of value that people will trade. And that's how we take back, you know, our own so sovereignty is through the, the barter system. I mean, you look at our, our nation and how it was founded and people uh, were able to settle the West. Um, it wasn't done with the Fed coin. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even done with the U.S. dollar by itself. People found a way. It's that pioneer spirit. And I would say the other part about this, it's really important because there's so many people that have come to America and they're looking for the same dream, right? Millions and millions of them. And yep, they came across the border illegally. And you know what? There's not a damn thing we can do about it at this moment. The best thing we can do is turn them into Americans. It's the American mentality, the American spirit, that pioneer, we can do this. We'll, don't worry, we'll solve it. It's that thing that needs to be installed in these very same people. We need them as allies, as fellow humans, as fellow Americans, not as enemies. So find a way, open a conversation, teach them how to be a good American, please. What? Yeah, what an important point. What an important point, actually. Because, yeah, you're right, they're here, right? We, we, we can't go they're around... Here all these people up because you know, that they could be the ones protecting us. And do what? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. And it's, so, I mean, it's the same thing too. I think this is why I, I try to really come back to, and this is why I really try to avoid, you know, in my interviews, I, I don't, I don't like talking and saying the libtards and using these defamatory things. Cause it's like, well, those right. are our fellow Americans. I know they've been deceived, but yes. like our mission should be saying, look, I'm not right. You're not left. Like we're American and we're <sighs> like, we're That's being exactly threatened right. by tyranny right now. So how can we band That's together? Right. It's like, you don't like Trump fine. That's great. Who cares? Exactly. Like, let's see what we can That's agree right. on. Like, do you like your freedom? Do you want to be able to send your kids to a school and have them receive a healthy education? I think that the, actually we have so much more in common, whether yes, you're black do. or white or straight or gay or rich or poor, we have so much yep. more in common as human beings that value freedom and just want, you know, want love and, and kindness and, and community then we have it apart, but what the, what the elites and what that, the, the evil people want us to think is that we're so different that we have to fight each other. But actually as we, like we have what's in common, the people that we're different from are the, the billionaires sitting in their yachts, plotting how to you know, collapse the company's <laughs> economy. True. Those are the ones that we have something different <laughs> from. True. The seed of Cain, as I understand it, you know, if you take one step up from that, I, I think you've got it exactly. It, it's that we are all God's creation. Right? We are all the children of God. It's not just about Americans. If you like the American spirit and you want to build it, come to America. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of other wonderful places on this planet um, to travel around to. And, and there are people, too, in every way. Humans are humans. And it's just a beautiful thing. So what you said is focus on our similarities, not on our differences. Absolutely. Well, I think this this is a it's a, it's a beautiful message to conclude with. And I'll tell folks that are watching or listening, if if this was an inspiring discussion, please share it. Right. This is because this is this is information war. If you can get five people to listen yeah. to or watch this, I, I think is what it does is and what I'm walking away with this is actually it helps bring hope back in. And I think that's one of the the missing things right now for a lot of people is just some sort of hope for the future. And I think that if we can have hope for yes. the future, it gives us the energy to act today. And anyway, Todd, it's just, it's such act a pleasure today. to to have you on. I appreciate all that you're doing. Um, I encourage people to check out what you're doing. One of the websites people can go to is just vaxchoice.com. It's V-A-X-X uh, choice.com. Uh, so check that yeah. out. And uh, yeah, so Todd, any final thoughts before we conclude? I'm just happy to be here, brother. It's good to be with you. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so it, a chance to do more of it. And um, yeah, I encourage people, the, the most um, dangerous part of where we are right now is um, when we turn against each other. And so what I keep telling people is go and make friends with your local law enforcement, your local military. Um, we're all on the same side. Right? We don't need to be uh, at each other's throats. It's important to have those relationships. So please go buy them a cup of coffee. Go have a conversation. Um, let's be humans be humans. That's about it, brother. Great. Well, Thanks Todd, for having me. Thank you so much. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Attorney Todd Callender. It certainly gave me a lot of hope. Uh, but one thing that's important, I think, that I hope you took from that, that I certainly did, is that we still have to be prepared, not out of fear, but out of responsibility. One of the most important areas to be prepared, though, is in our food supplies. And let me ask you a question. How much food do you have for your family? Do you have a week, two weeks, a month? 
This is an important thing we have to be thinking about right now because we know that the elites are targeting our food systems, whether it's the food processing plants burning down or any of the other disasters, they're targeting our food systems. They want to create famine and food crisis. And so if you don't have a whole lot of food, which I recommend folks personally, I would recommend at least three months of storable food. If not six to 12 months is way better, but I would highly recommend heavensharvest.com. And you can see here, you can buy food buckets. You can buy number 10 cans. This is food that will last on the shelf for up to 25 years. So hopefully you never have to use it. But if you do, I would say it's a safe bet to think that within the next 25 years, there'll be some sort of crisis where you'll be glad that you've got some food set aside. So again, that's heavensharvest.com, where you can also buy your heirloom seeds for planting food. And if you use the promo code SETH, that's S-E-T-H, you'll save 15% on your entire order. So again, that's heavensharvest.com using promo code SETH. Welcome to Radio 5G. This is a uh, pre-recorded presentation, as I told you in the first hour. And Mark Joseph is with me. My name is Nancy Hopkins. The date of this airing will be April 19th, 2023. And um, again, Mark was the one that sent this to me. He started telling me that he had other options out there <clears throat> before I interrupted him on something else. But... Um, this was not your favorite, but I didn't, I got to this one, Mark, and it's just kind of like an upbeat thing. It's like, yeah, they could do, they're doing all this stuff, but let's get our heads around this. You know, only 40% of the population, and that seems to be holding that statistic, um, it, or in the United States I'm talking, um, actually got the uh, shot. And what I found very interesting was that Todd... Uh, calendar said that they they needed 75 percent of the population to take it to make their plans work and um you know i just he he's so upbeat i mean we played him a number of times and he's always like a little sullen a little you know yep and they, now they're doing this and now they're doing this but this was like he kind of caught the we're gonna win this and again, turning to spirituality. So I'm going to turn it over to you and you tell me, uh, you know, what you're thinking on this subject or any of the others. And we just, Mark didn't know that I had found the Dr. Paul uh, video and we just played it. And Dr. Paul is the guy that sometimes you'll hear me on other shows say he's the one that was one of the most vocal and articulate people on the dangers of 5G, radio, radio 5G, 5G technology. And he said something early in the game that is stuck with me. And, you know, I just keep thinking, oh, I think I think Dr. Paul was right, because he said his greatest fear regarding the dangers of 5G was that the population would become let's say, crazy, <laughs> incapacitated to do rational thinking before anybody realized it. And that was his fear, is that, you know, he wasn't, we weren't going to wake up enough people. Uh, and he was, I, I can sympathize with it. I felt the same way. Back in 2019, and I did the first show, uh, one of the first shows we did, we did with uh, uh his his interview on uh, was a big 
5G conference. Uh, I can't even remember it, but it, it was back in 2019. And uh, that was my not my first in- introduction to him because he's been talking about 5G for a long time. But it was the first time we presented him on the radio uh, because that was when we started up the radio 5G. So um, he's just he's just a. Uh, uh, He's just—he warms my heart every time I hear him because he's been at it for so long. He understood it for so long, and now he is able to talk about all of the other things that are going down with the same kind of, uh, you know, he's just a solid present presenter of information that you can trust. And so I'm going to have a link in the in down down below, and it's a link to his YouTube station. Uh, Mark, do you still have it up? Is it? What, what? Wait a minute, I've got it written down here. I want to give you guys his YouTube station because he's apparently we. J- I just found it. Uh, where did I put it? Um, okay, it's Dr. Ron Paul. Oh, that was okay. That that's. Yeah, I just gave it to, didn't I just, oh, okay, I didn't give you, what does the website say, Mark, about what his station is? That's you know what, right. I X'd out that, I X'd <laughs> out the, um, the YouTube, okay. but I do have his Facebook and Twitter, it's just. Okay, I got it, I got it. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. it's called Ron Paul, R-O-N-P-A-U-L, Liberty. Okay, that's the YouTube, and he gives a weekly update. Now, this is only one of his. It's only one of his um, particular, uh, I guess, sites. He does Rumble and other things, I think, too. But at least you can get in the door with it. So, uh, yeah. Okay, did you want to say something? Right. So, if you go uh, into his YouTube um, about section he has his facebook which is just the dot com forward slash ron paul same thing with twitter uh so you could get him on multiple you know in case he gets uh, censored or deleted here and there um i'll have to check out the rumble too um yeah so when i first sent this to you i usually send a number of things for us to play because i'm constantly listening to stuff because i'm always on the road so um the other ones i sent were Catherine Austin Fitz's interview with uh, Last American Vagabond from a week or two ago. And then there was the, uh, oh, what is this? Oh, yeah, Dr. Rima Labo was, was going on a, a ton of um, uh, shows talking about the World Health Organization and, and her experiences over the decades in, in, in medicine. And she came up with a cool, uh, what do you call it, um, Word, I, I think it already exists, but it was because the word is iatrogenesis, which is um, a medical person okay. knowingly killing somebody. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. First off, give us your her name again. I didn't quite get it. And also, would you spell that word out? Yeah, uh, Dr. Rima Labo, um, R I M A L A I B O W. I mean, you just put her name on podbean.com and then it shows the latest stuff she's been on or, or Rumble. Um, but the term is iatrogenesis, which is, uh, uh, a, a medical person knowingly killing somebody. So she, she, um, extended it to iatrogenocide. <laughs> so she's really good at that, like calling it the world Holocaust organization and what they've done. So, um, 
it's a cool uh, uh, bridge to what uh, Todd Callender was talking about too with and, and Ron Paul with the Restrict Act. And of course, InfoWars covered it two weeks ago. So this is a big deal. And then you can do the usual thing of calling your congressman in person just to add fuel to the fire of, of, of like, like, what is this thing, you know, of what um, Ron Paul and Todd were talking about. But aside from that, I really liked, because um, I was taking notes on Todd's uh, um, um, commentary of there, there's, with competition that's going on, as far as the, the tension with government centralization, that it just makes people more... Uh, not just resilient, but using intuition and imagination for resourcefulness and and what else can be done. And, and he gave the, the Poland example of just different ways to barter, trade, and exchange. And so, you know, obviously a lot of us have been thinking about that the last three years. Um, and so for me, I, I, got, I have some silver. Um, and then going over my skill set and what can be tradable too. Uh, and so when he said FedCoin, it's called the Fed Now, which is being supposedly activated in July. Um, of course, that could be, there was so many things happening every, every day and week that, you know, July seems so far away. Uh, but, oh yeah, and so at 33 minutes, he was talking about mattress money. So that's the thing again of people, you know, um, storing things and awaiting the term apocalypse right isn't about the about uh the end of the world not so much destruction but an unveiling the disclosure that's happening and the term is gradualization so what uh, um central banks have been doing to the world for how many hundreds of years let alone uh, uh the powers that were is this gradualization thing and um, I was listening to the shows from last week, you know, Say What Show, Cosmic Reality and Shungat Reality. Really good. I recommend people to listen to all three because this is what we're talking about as far as like um, shifting timelines, right? I want to talk about, get more into that um, in the Shungat Show too. That's really key because that goes back into the manifestation power connection to the source and um aside from mind over matter and bringing from from uh what do you call it astral to the physical the electrical to the chemical uh you know to the 3d world of, of whatever is in our head and it's happening faster um it, it's also a kind of time timeline change right so then if that's the case then each of us can do this. Um, so that uh, <clears throat> going back to what Todd was saying, that the cop, the competition being an opportunity, <clears throat> and, and, and what was it? Um, the best result wins, as in like what is the most um, open source and decentralized and easiest to use, and and its universality. And so, um, what it is 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 like. A challenge and honing and refinement to reconnect with nature, uh, source, and with each other, right? And and what works best for each person. I mean, obviously, we're not going to agree on everything, but 
this is what's useful for me rather than what's useless. See if it works for you. It's all results. And um, what was it? So, and that that goes back to locality. So, um, I'm just looking over my notes here. Oh yeah, and so one of the things I was talking about was was um, uh, people who took the shots were under forty percent. So those people who don't believe that. Dr. Pam Popper was talking about this for years. You go to her podcast interviews; it's all there. She has a Rumble page, updates it pretty regularly, and she still continue on to the fight. And um, as we can see, it's still far from over. You know, talking about the next pandemic and and, and these scare things here and there. Um, so, yeah, uh, one of the things that. Todd mentioned at the end of the, the what do you call it, um, his interview was, what is it that connects all of us? It's that pioneering spirit um, of, of, of um, being inventive and innovative. So that's why a lot of people are trying to come here, even from south of the border and north of the border, right? So one thing I listened to uh, last week pretty intently was uh, Mike Adams' interview with Michael Yan, who is um, former military, travels around the world like especially Netherlands and south of the border and seeing uh, people from all over the world, Chinese, uh, Africans, Haitians traveling up into um, the U.S. from the southern border. And so they were doing they were in one of the camps, right, um, talking to these people like a um, Venezuelan um, lady who spoke pretty good English that they have a dad who who's here and they're trying to get up there. And just this craziness they have to run through. And um, this report had the the Panamanian uh, special forces trying to find these Colombian people who were assaulting and being violent to uh, some of the people traveling up. Right. So just from a humanitarian angle. <clears throat> you know, it, it, like if people were if those people were to come here, they would be voting for, you know, people on the right, <laughs> not not these people who are. Uh, you know, because they're all about hard work and finding opportunity. So I'm not saying open the border, but it's interesting to see behind the scenes and and um, the the specific people funding it. And when that report came out, just that one day, two three days later, that camp was shut down by the fake government here. So that was huge. That that shows you that on the ground, on the field, reporting more immediate change happened, right? Um, so I guess I'll send it back to you, uh, Nancy. Well, what's become very clear is that there's not very many of the bad guy. And yeah, they've got the they've got the schools, they've got the kids. Forget about the kids. You know, they're a lost generation. And I'm not saying that, that they're a lost generation. We can't save them. I'm saying they're so brainwashed that they don't understand patriotism. They don't understand freedoms. They they don't have the basic building blocks to even comprehend what kind of a world that they're in. They're just brainwashed. So you, so, so you got to just set them aside, okay, and let the adults try to figure this thing out. And when you look at what's been happening to everybody, it's like, I look. I go out there and I look at people and I go, how many people really understand 
the politics, who are really following this. If I started asking Biden voters, you know, uh, would you still vote for him? Okay, they'd probably say yes, except for the economy. The economy is getting so yucky, right? So you say, okay, the economy is is making everybody uneasy. They're paying more attention. All right, so, okay, so they're paying more attention maybe to the economy. But then they start up all this craziness with attacking the Christians. And I mean big time attacking the Christians. And and transvestites and transgender and taking over the the pools and the uh, women's sports. And, and I mean all of it, it's like, Somebody is screaming at us. Wake up, wake up, right? So then you get a situation where you're looking at the border. And yes, I also um, took note of that whole concept there, which, I mean, many of us had been talking in terms of they want the 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 democrats are letting all this stuff ha- well see this is the problem is that it's not really democrats you got the democrats that are going along with some very evil people so you got the democrats thinking that oh yeah if we have all these people come up they're they're uh not white people and so they'll vote for the democratic party okay that's that's what's been sold to the democratic party by the very evil people but in reality the people coming in are carrying with them the same kind of need they uh, the the people that are most influential on tucker carlson or some of the other fox uh shows are the ones from venezuela saying please wake up this just happened to us we lost our entire country wake up so a lot of these people are leaving those countries because those countries are screwed and they're hoping that the United States isn't. But it's just like you said, you know, it's like they're the ones that are going to fight because they understand it. They have not been brainwashed. Our kids have. But those kids are like, struggling to to get out of a bad situation and hopefully that's the united states now when they get here what are they finding are they finding the things that we look at on a i I, me it's a daily basis well i know it is with you too all of the negative things all of the things trying to control us are they looking at that are they looking at the food shortages that from their standpoint there is no food shortages you know gasoline they never had cars to put gasoline in you know and so what what do they run into well they run into a lot of bad people but on the other side of it a lot of them get into neighborhoods like mine i live in a neighborhood that had started out the first settlers in in this area were white people and gradually the um uh, the, the the Latinos from Cuba, particularly, they all started coming in, and also the Haitians. And there's black American blacks in here. The population of white people in my neighborhood is 14 percent. So this is a black neighborhood. This is a, and but the whole of 
South Florida is like that. You know, we used to have a saying, you know, last true American, please take down the flag. And it, it, seriously, because we were being so overrun. So I've been here like, you know, since the early 70s. So I've seen the change in the complete demographics of the, of the South Florida. And we were just overwhelmed with people from other countries. I mean, we had the, uh, uh, what was it? It was a uh, Cuba and they sent over Mart- Martel. I'm trying to, it's a Cuban boat lift thing that came into this area. And everybody was freaking out because there were so many of them. The immigrations, the, everything was shut down because there was just so many people. They jumped in their boats and came across the 90 miles between us and, and uh, Cuba. So they get here and people were freaking out. And I said, look it, relax. I said, I'm telling you, we can absorb them. We will absorb them. This is not a big thing. And in the initial few let's say months, there was a lot of turmoil, but then they just kind of like evaporated into the neighborhoods. Now, yeah, they came into my neighborhood. They changed this neighborhood, but did they change it for the bad? Well, Florida's a red state. (laughs) You know, we have seen this. I have seen this in the how long have I lived here? 40, 50 years. I've seen it. It's like you it's a melting pot. That's what America is. And just like Todd points out, what wins? Competition. What wins? The best avenue, the one that works. So yes, I th- I I I I don't get freaked out freaked out about the people coming over. I get freaked out about the all the other stuff, the nasty stuff that's coming over that border. That border has got to be secure. You've got to secure it. But again, in in the concept of the Democrats, well, you people are just foolish. If you look at what happened to, you know, the state of Florida, you know, what happened? It turned red. And we've got a huge, huge, you know, now at one point when this was probably 30 years ago, there were 230-some-odd dialects spoken in the city of Miami. And I tell people, I say, don't go to South Florida thinking you're going to American cities. You're not. You're going to international cities. That's what it's all about. And where is everybody in the in the country coming? Where do they want to come? They want to come to Florida. Why? Because we have freedoms here. We understand patriotism. So to me, you, you people aren't looking at history. <laughs> you know, this is a this is not going to bode well for the Democratic Party anywhere in the country, in my opinion. Just like you know, they're feeling too. It's that these are the people, and you know, they've gone so they worked so hard <laughs> to sterilize the American population. I can get into the stories. I know them well. But we have had a decrease in population. So in addition, what you're doing is you're throwing a whole lot of new genes into the gene pool. And, you know, if it wasn't for the drugs and the awfulness that's happening to these very, very brave people, 
you know, I, I, I'd say, fine, open it up. You know, it seems to be working. <laughs> but, yeah, so anyway, um, that's sort of what I wanted to say there on that subject. And his yeah. opportunity, the concept that he thinks it's an opportunity to, to make the changes because everybody's being aware. You know, the more aware they are, the more opportunities there are, the more ability for people to think their ways out of the out of the box instead of being corralled before they know it. They're not being trapped at this point. If they had gotten the 75 percent, yeah, it would have been a trap. Nobody would have been able to think their way out of it. But now you've got a lot of people that are thinking their way out of it. And they only got 40% of the zombies. So, you know, that's what I think uh, gets taught all, like, juiced up. Like, yeah, this is this is turning out to be a good thing. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, <clears throat> was looking into some of the Ron Paul stuff. And so one of the really popular, um, let's say, pop and freedom-based, like, decentralization uh, podcast is um, Tim Cast IRL. So that's that's a YouTube page, and there's a two-hour interview. I think it's around two hours of of uh, with Ron Paul uh, five days ago, so like middle of last week. Um, and it's um, Russian arms dealer warns Biden admin will try to end Trump's life with Ron Paul. So I'm gonna listen to that because uh, he was promoting it on his Twitter, <clears throat> and and uh, his Rumble page is the Ron Paul Liberty Reports update updated pretty regularly and then um let me see the recent commentary here twitter wise is uh artificial intelligence is a tool and tools can be used for good and bad central planners think ai is a key to a man-made utopia it certainly isn't central planning can't work even with ai but authoritarians can certainly use ai to create lots of societal damage as with all challenges we we um that we face with any kind of man-made tools, it comes to how much uh, centralization and concentration of power that exists. Uh, the greater the centralization, the greater the dangers. So he does have a couple of videos on his Rumble page, so I'm, I'm glad we got him there to, to get more in-depth with that, that AI stuff. Another I recommend is Zach Voorhees' um, YouTube Google whistleblower uh, with Project Veritas for some years ago. He has a recent interview on Rumble, so if you just type in his name, B-O-R-H-I-E-S uh, from like a week ago and do a most recent. You can check that out. Yeah, I think he still lives in SF and has a good grasp of uh, where things are going. And he does use AI and and, and um, it's a good perspective because he's in deep here in, in uh, <clears throat> you know, in, in, in um, the valley where I'm at. So um, as far as what, what you were saying, my notes here. <clears throat> Um, so, so there's very few people who make that connection with, uh, the, this, this whole thing of the transgenderism hitting the news, right? Like, okay, what's the distraction, but there is a link to transhumanism and transdimensionalism, right? Which is being a, uh, host for parasites, whether they're, uh, etheric or in the physical and the uh, uh, biosynthetic, right? So um, there's a, a one of the leading uh, cancer care doctors, Dr. Leonard Caldwell, was interviewed in, in Jeff Rentz, where he was talking about where the transfection uh, shedding thing is a lot worse than 
um, uh, people getting the shot in a lot of ways because you know it's already gone through the whole host and it's going to the next one. It's gone through that kind of filtration process. I think I mentioned, I forget where, but um, Diamond and Silk, one of them passed away. She didn't get the shot when she passed away, but she did have a blood clot problem for years. And then how do you think she got that, right? So um, I think uh, many weeks ago, Mike Adams was recommending natokinase against that. Um, and then for me, I, I take nanosoma pretty regularly. And then uh, the root brand I've been getting into more, which has been helping me uh, um, better my sleep and, and more vivid dreaming almost to the point of like uh, precognitive stuff. <clears throat> so um, I like in the Todd's interview where he was talking about, no, I think that was the host, um, JP Sears being an example of having these new age uh, themes in his presentations, but then was, and then eventually went back to, you know, God, right? So for me, that's, again, goes back into the whole decentralization theme and like if you're in this universe, right, you you want to work with the stuff that's the most has the broadest spectrum, easiest, fastest aligning access, which is connection to source nature and love being the most powerful. You know, it's what we're made of. Right. Uh, perfect example is. Um, Whitley Strieber, whose wife had passed, he has a book called uh, The Afterlife Revolution and talks about that whole process and how he's still in contact with her even from the other side and that like we're the the love thing is is what we're made of and that's that's what powers everything and so my experiences with different um uh, mental technologies quantum touch matrix energetics it all comes back to the heart center and then if you look at emotional thermography that has the brightest um uh, uh, heat and projection power. And so through that, even with Lynn McTaggart's Power of Eight and in her books, it all starts from that center. And so, you know, we could see that with, with the, the relationship with the mother and child and and um, how we can connect to the morphic field. Let me see what else. Um, I think that's what I have so far. Yeah, and then this thing with the AI, it, it's like um, it, it's completely determined by the programmers. And there was even a thing where somebody in Europe had killed themselves because they got too interactive with the AI. And I think Mike Adams reported on that last week, but it's it's this anti-life thing, the biosynthetic, making that that cross um, that bridge. So a lot, another person I highly recommend is Alana Freeland her recent interviews talk about that of just this thing is everywhere. And Todd Callender acknowledges that too, that he calls all these death modalities all, ar all around us. And he had the same, or even around the same timeline time frame as you, uh, Nancy, where so many years ago, he didn't see a way out because there was just so much bombarding. Right. But now, you know, who uh, tides are turning. Right. So, um, he, he's on the same page as you as that. So, yeah, I think that, that that's that's what I got for that part. Well, thank you for that. That was uh, very informative. Um, when when we think in terms of where are we at with everything right now, okay, 
it it is an a waking up but it's not just an awaking up to the let's say the pitfalls and dangers of a evil group of people that have taken over the planet it goes deeper than that it, and this is something i think that they totally never expected because i go back continue all right the bible they say the bible was written by god well i don't know if god whatever god you happen to believe in actually physically sat down and wrote the bible or even dictated it what i do know is the vast majority of people who are christian or jewish believe in the old testament and so that amount of inform uh, support and focus would inevitably from an energetic standpoint give that particular book a lot of momentum and a lot of um hold on for a second oh i had to sneeze it gives the book a, a lot of momentum and truth within the given timeline where we are because so many people just put in you know believe it so i'm going to assume that there are secrets in that book that are based on not because god may have dictated it but because human beings are connected to the god source and in being that connected to the god source they are pulling information in and this is what i find to be very uh more than interesting it, it's it's hopeful because i'm we've been talking about and you, you hear the conversations more often of manifestation you know how are you what what's what is manifestation well manifestation is the manipulation of energy and if you understand the power of a human being like the heart okay the heart has got more brain cells in it than the brain does that's just a scientific fact so the heart center the center for the human species let's say it was never what didn't start out is the brain it started out in the heart and you can go back and you can read a, a whole slew of esoteric documentation and you will finally get that kind of like underlying theme that runs through it is that it's your heart where your rational sensing and your, your control over reality really comes from the brain is a, a particle of 3d reality that's the vehicle that you're in and so if you are strictly in the mindset of looking at everything and dealing with it from the mind you're not very powerful you can be manipulated you can be brain controlled you can a lot of things can be done to you but if you're centered in your heart you can't be fooled you can't be led astray because that heart frequency connects you to every other living thing ever it's the let's say the the key node in the spiritual matrix let me put it that way okay that there is the matrix of, of spirit how spirit is working in the 3d yes i'm a spirit in a, a human body a 3d body 
if you understand the relationship of that spiritual connection, you really you you're fighting God in all of God's versions. So I go back to the Garden of Eden. In the beginning, Adam and, and Eve were heart-centered. They lived with and loved and had joy and you know no problem with the animal, nothing. Oh, love, you know. And then you get this serpent, for whatever reason they call it the serpent, and comes in and says, you know, God forbid you to eat from the tree of knowledge. Very critical, the tree of knowledge. All right, but I think you should eat from the tree of knowledge because if you eat from the tree of knowledge, then you will be like gods. Okay, and you will know the difference between good and evil. So she and Adam end up taking from the tree of knowledge and immediately get thrown out of the Garden of Eden. So here we are, the offspring of these people, and they were sent on a mission. What's their mission? Well, their mission is to find out the difference between good and evil. Okay? And to do that requires knowledge. Because without the experiences that we're going through now, remember back when I started out, there was no internet. There was mostly everything was just going along the matrix was running fine you know and then they shot john kennedy now for a generation of kids that was the moment that they went from being children into being adults because a child's mind is still running on that uh listening to everybody else because i don't really know what i'm doing here and you got to help me out and you know being programmed to do that, <clears throat> you've got kids like me that their parents are too busy to program you. Your schools aren't into it at that time, back in the 60s, 50s, 60s. And so you you kind of are a free spirit. You're you know out there doing your own thing and you're not being programmed. So when, and there was a generation of us, okay? So when John Kennedy got killed, the difference between the moment before and the moment afterwards was that a child's mind becomes an adult mind, begins to think like an adult when nobody can answer the question. And the question that day was, why did you kill my president? Why? And nobody could answer it. So that shattered the ability of at the mind level. Okay, of really programming the 60s generation. You know, that's who I am, the 60s generation. That's why we look to drugs to give us the insight. We lost faith in anything else because in one single moment of, of terror, they stopped functioning and we saw it. So you can't depend on those people. You got to figure it out by yourself. And I think that that was the main difference in the programming at the 3D level that allowed my generation, the baby boomers, the 60s generation, to be less inclined to fall for the traps. Now, that's not to say all of us, but I'm saying this special group of people of which I count myself, 
and I can, you know, Whitley, I can, I can name them, you know, people, virtually everybody that you name, if they're, you know, over, over 60 are definitely the people I'm talking about. You know, even though they may have gotten enmeshed in the network of the matrix of the 3D of the control and everything else, they never got lost in it. So what, what, what does this mean? Well, it, what it means is that we're the ones that understood the difference between good and evil. Good and evil are versions of reality. They're chosen timelines. And in the case of, you know, uh, evil, okay, what they're trying to convince you to do is to never look at your heart, to never look at yourself as a spiritual being, to think of yourself as a brain that's going to last a certain long time unless we upload your memory into a computer. And then you can live forever, I guess. Okay? Transhumanism, that kind of concept. You can be better than anything God made, which is absolutely stupid to somebody that is spiritually connected and working from the heart because you go, wait a minute, I'm a spiritual being inhabiting a 3D body. Why would I want this body to live forever? Why would I want to have myself embroiled in some kind of cosmic quantum entanglement with Nancy, who is now in a zombie kind of situation as a part of a multi-brained computer system. Why would I want that connection? <laughs> I don't, that's not living. And I think that that's the key here is that people are really waking up at their heart level. And, you know, I mean, he said it best. He said, you know, that, uh, where would I put well, he does, um, shoot, where is it? I just saw it. Oh, okay. If you understand, if you if you come to that realization that you are a spiritual body inhabiting a 3D body, okay, then you understand eternal life. You, you It's part of you. You know you've lived before. You know you live forever. Because you're part and parcel of the God experience of life. No big problem. But the problem there is that the people that want to control, the people that are evil by definition, that they want to take over, they want to be like gods, those people, they can't, they don't scare us. They're finite. We aren't. We're infinite, but they're finite. They can't scare us. So let me put it into to something that's probably even more. And I, I, I did. I went over to look at this, to pull this paper and everything. But there is actual data that, um, did you remember in the Shungite show in the first part of it where Derek was talking about the um, research papers? Yes, they do mystical wares, and then the Shungite frequently asked questions. Um, that was really good, so I hope to talk about that more this week. Yes, we have to, and we have to go back to the one thing about, he was talking about the COVID, nanotech is not, Shungite's busting it up. You remember that report? 
Yeah, I'm going to review that show and then um, uh, bring it bring it up so that hopefully Walt will be there and we can go through that. Right. And w so we have the tool, Shungite. And I know people, you know, you think, that, but when, when I start seeing research that's being done on COVID that shows the nanotech, dis, you know, disintegrating in a field of Shungite, we've been telling, we've been saying that. But now there's a research paper out there that apparently is showing it. So what's the difference here? What's the difference? Let's just take a minute and let me go back in time to when we had the blue comet. It wasn't a comet. It wasn't a meteorite. There was no tail. It was a plasma ball. And it happened. When, when did it happen? Well, it was on the 21st of February 2020. And it came over Karelia, Russia, was photographed, videoed by a security camera that wasn't sort of looking at a church, but mostly looking at the sky that shows the entire thing happening. And because I am who I am and I know about Karelia and I know about Shungite and I, I was like, did where, where, which way is that camera pointing? Because I knew the city it was in and I knew Shunga, the village of Shunga where the Shungite field is. I knew it wasn't very far away, a couple hundred miles maybe, but this thing is a celestial event happening, you know. Maybe it went towards the Shungite field. So, yeah, it did. It hit the Shungite field. How do I know that? Because we've got people in the area, Russians, and they told us that. It took five days for them to get back with it. Yes, yes, it, it was right over. Yes, it hit, it hit the Shungite field. Now, this is like... <laughs> An unbelievable thing, because what is the Shungite? The Shungite came from the interstellar space. It's the only thing place it could have come. It, it was. It's full of C60. The only place you got that kind of C60 molecules is in interstellar space. There is no other explanation than it came from outer space and it landed in Karelia. And then 2.5 million years in the future, a blue plasma ball comes and it's photographed the whole way in and it actually exploded right over the field. Okay. Now, I'm a remote viewer. So I said, well, I, I, I want to see what happened to this thing, you know. So I made a technical error and I said, show me where this is. Because at the point, that point, I didn't know if it had exploded or if it had hit the ground. And I said, Take me to wherever this hit the ground or exploded. Well, all of a sudden, I find myself in the, in the Shungite field, which I go to a lot, and I'm, I'm dead in the middle of the Shungite field, and I'm going like, oh, and there's this blue glow all over the place. This light was just like, and I'm thinking to myself, I think I made a mistake, and that was when it exploded, and all of a sudden, all of this blue plasma was falling all over the place, and it freaked me out so much, I dropped out of the remote. But I, I knew what I, I knew what the mistake was. I said, show me where it happened. You know, I don't think it was real safe to be underneath it, even in a remote form. So then I said, OK, let's do this from another way. Let me get away from it so I can see it happen. I'm not not involved in the experience of it happening. And so I did. And so I go back and I'm, I'm there. And, and when you're in a remote, you can actually freeze it. So instead of it being a video, you can freeze it which I did. And I said, okay, now I want to go back. 
I want to follow it back in time to see where it came from. So I'm focused on the on the plasma ball just before it explodes. And the time starts, remember time doesn't exist. And so we start stepping back like you're, you know, just going back in a videotape, okay? And I ex- honestly expected to see some kind of ET vehicle. If I had any explanation, ex- if I thought I knew what it was going to have, it was going to be an ET or a space force thing. But instead, all of a sudden, there was this face. Huge, enormous. I mean, the whole view behind the comet or not the plasma ball was just this face. And in my mind, it's the face of God. This thing came from a cosmic response to what had already been happening. We have Shungite. It was given to us 2.5 million years ago. And now we know what it is. And we've been working with it. And there are millions and millions of people all over the world that know about Shungite. And those people are being connected at a spiritual, in a spiritual, energetic connection. And this is what I think made the difference that between good and understanding the good and evil is that when you can feel the power of nature and understand the synchronicities that had to be involved in the entire Shungite revelation and the fact that it was ever brought to us and the fact that you get the blue star Kachina, which had been prophesied by the Hopis for a hundred some years, come out of the sky. And what did what does it mean that you know that you know the it was a it was a series of things that the Hopis said were prophecies of the end times. And what it means is that when the blue star was the last one, 10, when the blue star Kachina is seen in the heavens, it marks the end of the old world and the beginning of the new world. So if we look at it from this standpoint, there's no way, there's no way that the dark side could overcome the power of good and God and the spiritual cosmic connection that we all have. Wow, that was kind of a rant. <laughs> I hope I hope it made sense. Are you there? Yeah, I follow you. Um, I mean, just just adding to that is, <clears throat> I mean, we we definitely want to go by by science and evidence based, right, and not be science and scientism. So. Uh, People can go to mysticalwares.com forward slash shungite dash FAQ forward slash. And um, so these are like data, right? Science paper, defluoridation, glyphosate, um, uh, a C60, uh, fullerenes, um, shungite being able to counteract these things. Um, I mean, I really like the biohacking community and even further the... the um, current incarnation, which is like the next advancement, is, is the mito-hacking, mitochondria. Um, so, you know, I like all of the, 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 the blue light hacking, EMF, 
at the same time, there is a further um, refinement and stratification that that the best of these people are missing. And I don't know what it is, why they can't bridge that cultural, even like consciousness gap, right? It, it, it's wattage, it's, it's life force. And Russians, like you said, have been doing this hundreds of years. So this, this over and hyper dependence of meters, if the meter doesn't show it, then it's not real or whatever. So no, there's no um, resourcefulness to torsion measurement of, of counter clockwise versus clockwise of natural spin versus, I mean, they talk about native and non-native VMF. So this has to do with the torsion, the spin of the natural spin versus the unnatural. So I've been into some of their deeper forums and then some people, very few acknowledge, like biogeometry acknowledges this. And so um, they just ignore it. Like they, they like their top three doctors uh, of, of uh, the mitochondriac biohacking just dismiss Shungite. And, and it, it's hugely disappointing, you know. Um, so uh, it's like not too dissimilar from what you said with Mark Steele, where he acknowledges the quantum field but can't make that bridge into Shungite and its application. So I'm hoping uh, we put that more at the forefront, and especially with, with the reams of documents Derek has, the science stuff. Um, and I, I tried to show them, like you were talking about before, with, with the RN 2017, with the mi microscope and the blood, during the, the cell phone radiation and after with the S4 sticker, you know, and then I put it on, on the blue light diet Twitter and, and these other people, and then it's just dismissed, more nonsense, whatever. So it's just I don't know they're they're in a different timeline or or uh, well one of those one of those reports discusses how shungite will repair stem cells. <laughs> yeah, the neurology, it, the brain. Yeah, I mean it's like one of the things. Okay, you mentioned timelines. Um, the, one of the things that when he's re reading these reports and he's going through it, and I honestly, I don't even know why I never got into the reports. I went to it a number of times. It's just life kind of has gotten so fast. But when when he's listing the reports that he found, and you, you need to hear this the whole story, but the reports, some of the reports that he had up on the FAQ page had disappeared, not only from the site that he originally got it from, but when that happened, he put them on his own site and they disappeared from his own site. So now he's totally paranoid and he's doing hard copy. He says he's got reams and reams of this now because it's just disappearing. However, when he went back to replace those things that had been missing, he started discovering all of patents the 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 science if we had known this science it, it's from 09 and 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 before that patents that were brought out on on for shungite doing different things nobody was talking about it or had it not happened yet because we can't put this is really getting woo wooey but we can't put limitations on reality so if we now in this state where so many people are aware of their, not just Shanghai, but their own spiritual connection, okay, that, that live spark in your heart that makes you a spiritual warrior, okay, 
one that is you know will not be overcome by the 3d illusions okay when you get into that kind of 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 a state of being wouldn't it be let's say make sense because there is no coincidence synchronicity not up it's all thought and action so myself and so many others you you know we're going like oh we need more science we need more database why can't you make it out of the past and manipulate the past we've seen it happen with the mandela effect and i think that's what's happened it's not just that this present place has been changed remember 2020 february the end of the old world that means the end of the delusional science okay and then you get to a point where you find that the real science has nothing even remotely that looks like the old science and that's the problem with these people out there they're so indoctrinated with the old science that they can't see it's all bs you know and and that's mark and it's it's I've tried to contact some very well-known people to get introduce them to Shanghai, okay? Because the, the, some of them are very into the C60, but they uh, they won't have anything to do with Shanghai because the C60 at least is part of their. It's a molecule and it's got the C60 and this is what the what's doing all this stuff. Well, yeah, but who created the C60? <laughs> You know, it's a building block of the universe, the cosmos. Well, 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 what created the cosmos? God in whatever form you think of. So it really is a, an awakening and understanding the difference between good and evil. And I go back to the, the Garden of Eden is that with knowledge, you can find out how to be gods of a sort. But you can't figure out how to be the God unless you look inside yourself and feel that connection that energy that is from the god source itself so we're down to the last couple minutes here so one of oh. one of the uh places people can go to is um uh link.springer.com and then you do a search there and type in shungite and it has a lot of documentation like the study of the structural absorption and electro electrochemical properties of a natural composite shungite um and just the whole host of what it does, all the science paper is there. So, um, yeah. So uh, again, with the, with the with um, Shanghai counteracting COVID, so we do know that five uh, G does create similar COVID symptoms. Shanghai does biocompatibilize, alter the spin of of five G and and more higher. Right? You know that. Ever oh, since we got, got the com the the plasma ball, yes. Before that, it wasn't of an energy capable of it, but after that, yes. And we do do it's woo woo science. You know, we have ways of measuring things, and uh, yeah, it was an upgrade in the in the shungite even. Oh, that's Derek. Hold on. I'm on the radio. I'll call you right back. So it's interesting. Derek called just then. He was picking up the, the uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Probably because I was just, I, I was about to say go to mysticalwares.com, 
and just you know he's got he's got the biggest collection of shungite in, probably outside of Russia you know and you can buy anything from nuggets to powder to honey that's got shungite involved in it you can get energy devices i mean there's so many ways that you can bring shungite into your into your environment and it's not that expensive to start it out so i appreciate you being here and i thank you and um you want to say good night or goodbye oh real <laughs> quick beyond that so after you buy bug derek about that documentation get it online uh, and then loadable you know like the top five top ten so we can get it out to people um, yeah or open to it like uh, i'm not going to change people's minds like either you get it or you don't that's it so yeah thanks, all we can do is, yeah all we can do is tell you about it appreciate you all being here be safe and we'll see you next time you've been listening to radio 5g a production of cosmicreality.com thank you for listening